today on Grace to the Hearers with Pastor Eric Kluth. Jesus is saying, you are the church. And no matter what the enemy tries to do to say, you know, we've got him. And in the morning, we're going to kill him. And guess what? The enemy's saying that about you every single day. We've got him. We're going to kill him or her. But Jesus is saying to you, church, an encouraging word by saying, the gates of hell cannot hold back the victory that I have given to you. Praise God. (laughs) The gates of hell shall not prevail against the children of God. Today, we will learn with Pastor Eric that Samson was locked in the city of Gaza, about to be captured and killed, but instead he escaped carrying the city gates upon his shoulders. It's the undeserved grace of God that gives freedom to Samson and to each of us today. Now, here's Pastor Eric with his continued study through the book of Judges. 30 men, the garments, that he took the garments for his stupid riddle that he came up with that he had to pay out because his nagging wife drove him to craziness and so he gave in but even those 30 men couldn't keep him then a thousand men came after him they couldn't hold him this guy was strong man but samson was weak spiritually why do i say that because he kept falling into sin he kept falling into sin And I want to just share with you guys, the flesh is weak. Our flesh, what do I mean by flesh? The flesh, the body, the tent. We're weak. We are weak. Check out what Jesus said to Peter, James, and John in the garden. You know the scene. Jesus is getting ready to get arrested and taken to trial, okay? Jesus said this to them before he was arrested. He says, watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Well, why did Jesus say that to these guys? What did he ask them to do? Watch and pray. Watch and pray. But what did they do? They were working on their eight-hour prayer, where they're praying, sleeping, right? Or falling asleep. I mean, Jesus was getting ready to go to the cross. He wanted these guys to be alert. He wanted them to pray. He wanted them to be prayed up because what they were going to face in the time to come was going to be an extreme trial for them. Their master, their rabbi was going to go on trial. And this is a great, intense situation for the disciples. And so here he is preparing them, especially, you know, Peter, James, and John, who would be like, in a sense, the leaders, if you would put leaders in there, you know, they were kind of the go-to guys, He wanted them to be prayed up because they were going to head into the most difficult trial that they had ever faced. Jesus could handle going to the cross, but he wanted these guys, his guys, to be prayed up so that they could stand against the strong enemy attack that was coming their way. The flesh is weak. The flesh is weak. We need to be watchful. We need to be praying. We need to be alert because we, a beginning of a battle at any moment, we don't know. We don't know the trials that are going to hit us unless you can look into the future. But we don't know the trials that are happening. Did you guys know that there is a spiritual battle that's taking place every single day, every moment of the day? Even right now as we're worshiping and praising the name of Jesus, there is a battle going on in the heavens. We need to be watchful. We need to be praying. 
David Guzik said this. This is amazing. He says, the spiritual battle is often won or lost before the crisis comes. What is that telling us, church? That we need to be on our knees. We need to be praying and seeking God and just praying against the enemy because that's who we battle with. We're not battling against flesh and blood. We're battling against the principalities of darkness. Samson was weak. He was weak spiritually. And he was about to enter in a a, a trial, as we are going to read next week, that was unbelievable. How was Samson weak? Well, he leaned upon his fleshly desires and not upon the Lord. He was a man that wanted to go down into the vineyard when he was told not to go in the vineyard. He wanted to be with different women. He wanted to take out of a dead carcass when he was told not to do that. He was living upon what he desired to do. Now, you might be saying to yourself, hold on just a second. It tells us that he escaped unharmed here. It tells us that he, was, uh, he escaped unharmed. He lifted the gate on his shoulders. I would say that he's not weak. He's strong. You might be thinking that. Because you read that and it's like, yeah, I think he was pretty strong. Yes, again, yes, he was strong physically, but speaking spiritually, he was weak. He was weak. But God was gracious with Samson. Yet again, God was gracious with Samson. Church, what is grace? What is grace? Unmerited favor. Grace is unmerited favor. Now, God has shown favor to who? Samson right? He has shown his favor upon Samson. Now, God has shown you and I favor, hasn't he? Has God shown favor to you in your lives? Yeah? Okay. He has shown favor unto my life as well. But given grace time in and time out, time in and time out consistently, God giving us grace, 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 what is it easy to do? To take advantage of God's grace. To take advantage of God's grace. Because you know that it's all good. Hey, God forgives us. Man, it's good. And we mess up God's grace, man. By the grace of God, brother (laughs) or sister. And looking at Samson, God gave Samson favor even after marrying a Philistine woman, walking in a vineyard, eating honey out of a dead carcass, and then now partaking in sexual immorality. But yet God was gracious with him. But it seems to me that Samson took advantage of God's grace. It seems to me that Samson took advantage of God's grace. Well, why do you say that? Well, he might have known what he was doing was wrong, because I do believe that with his parents understanding before that they had the child, before he was even conceived, remember the angel of the Lord came to his mother? So I'm pretty sure that I would say that the parents were going to raise him up in the way that God told them to raise them. And so he would have known what he was doing was wrong. But I truly believe that he became blind to God's grace. Excuse me, uh, how do you know that? (laughs) Look at his actions. He was driven by his own desires. If Samson truly understood the grace of God, I don't believe that he would have continued in his sinful desires. Because there would have been a heart change. Like, Okay, I know that we all mess up. I get that. But to continuing to mess up, then it's like, are you taking advantage of God's grace? 
Instead of changing your heart and following his ways, are you just saying, you know what, I understand it, but I don't need to change it because God is gracious. No, you need to change. It's called repenting, turning away. Samson was operating on cheap grace. Cheap grace. What is cheap grace? Well, according to Pastor Dietrich Bonhoeffer, he's a pastor from Germany in the 30s, he said this, cheap grace is the preaching of forgiveness without requiring repentance. We can preach forgiveness all day long, but if we're not preaching repentance, then we're just promoting cheap grace. Because you need to change. And changing only comes by the Lord helping you, take you away from that sin. It's okay. God has forgiven me of my sin. It's okay. (laughs) I'm just going to continue on living my life. I messed up, but I'm going to continue in this sin. Is that how it works? That's how it works for many. But is that how it should work? No. No. I can still follow the sinful desires of my flesh. I am forgiven. Now, this is hardcore, you guys. This needs to be talked about, though. Because, yes, you are forgiven. But that forgiveness means that you're wanting to change. Do you want to change? Now, the Apostle Paul addressed this in the book of Romans. And he said in Romans chapter 6, verse 1, he says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Well, what was the rest of that? I'll tell you. Verse 2. Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us were baptized into Christ, Jesus were baptized into his death? Then carrying on in verse 4, Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in a newness of life. Truth. We cannot have this mentality of saying, uh, yes, I am forgiven, and not deal with the sin. Guys, you can say you're forgiven all day long, but if true repentance hasn't taken place, then you're just operating in cheap grace. Yes, if you have sinned, which we all do, you have an advocate. 1 John 2, 1. This verse is awesome. My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Now, just because you have an advocate, does that mean that you should still sin? No. No, it doesn't mean that. There needs to be repentance, the turning away from iniquity. Now, if you continue in your sin, as we are seeing with Samson, this guy is just killing me. He's continuing to do the things that his flesh desires. He fell guilty to the lust of the eyes once again. He fell into the sin of lust of the flesh. And it's like, why isn't he getting it? But again, as you probably have heard many times, and I've said it sometimes, and I say it to myself, well, if somebody was reading my story, would they say, this guy's killing me. He doesn't get it. Yeah, we don't get it, but we should try to get it. We should try to get it. Because think of being weak, right? What do you think of? Weak. Shout something out. Wimp. Okay? You're weak. You can't do anything. You're just like a Gumby guy, you know? And you can't, you're not strong, okay? You're sickly, okay? 
see. And no, Ken didn't look at my notes. Man, when you're sick, you're weak, right? When you're sick, you're weak. Yeah, okay. Sin is a sickness, and it brings weakness. And if it's not handled, guess what's going to happen? If you don't go to the doctor and you're really sick, what's going to happen to you? You're going to die, more than likely. Well, guess what if sin isn't dealt with? You're going to die in the sin. Okay? God has saved you and I, and he's offered salvation through his grace. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9, for by grace you have been saved. Now notice that. For by grace, unmerited favor, you have been saved. Through faith, and not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. There is nothing that you and I could do to earn God's favor. But, guess what you can do? You can stomp on the grace of God by foot. You can stomp on it. You can say, yes, I've been saved through grace, but I'm going to stomp on that because I'm going to continue in my sinful ways and I'm going to follow the flesh and its desires. In a sense, by choosing your fleshly desires and choosing the ways of this world and choosing sin over the ways of God, you are stomping by the foot on the grace of God that God has given to each one of you guys. That's just crazy to me. Because how many times have I done that? How many times have I stomped on the grace of God because I am too prideful and I don't want to change? This is my way. This is how I've always done it. Well, Eric, that doesn't go, against, go with my word. Well, I'm sorry. This is just where I'm comfortable with at, where in my life. I'm comfortable in this. Well, God is saying, get uncomfortable and turn away from that wickedness and follow me and my ways and trust in my ways, even if you don't understand it. Because that's where my problem is at. I try to put my mind around what God is asking, and sometimes I don't get it. And I'm trying to figure it out. I'm trying to figure it out. But instead of trusting in the Lord with all my heart, I'm leaning upon my own understandings where the Bible says to do not, what does the Bible not tell us to do? Or help me, I'm getting excited, I'm getting all twisted on you. Don't lead up your own understandings. And by golly, I'm done with that. I'm tired of trying to figure things out. I just need to trust in God and that His grace and His ways are His ways for a reason. They're for my good. And don't you know that they're for your good as well? Because he loves you unconditionally. He's not a bully. He's a passionate, loving God. And he desires you. And so I don't want to stomp on his grace, his favor, God's favor. Think about that, guys. God's favor is upon you. That's amazing. So with that, God is so good. He's so good. He's so awesome. Here in these three verses, we see the awesome display of God's greatness. And you're like, really? A prostitute uh, talking about killing, lifting up a gate and carrying it to the hill? That's God's greatness? Oh, yes, it is. It is God's greatness, man. Yes, we see that Samson was a bonehead and he sinned again. But God has painted us a picture that is so beautiful. Have you guys ever been to an art museum? No? Okay. Or even at Walmart where they have the nice pictures, you know? Okay. You're like, man, that looked really good in my house right there. That poster board, man, that would be sweet. It's beautiful, right? 
God has done that in these three verses of Judges. He has painted a picture of what will happen when we choose him. It seems in our text that Samson was done for, doesn't it? The people were gathered around this city. They blocked him in. He's done. He's done. He's over. He's going to get killed. The city gates were armed. They were closed. But yet Samson had victory and he escaped death. And God does the same thing for you and for me. When we think that we are done, remember God has brought victory. The victory through who? Jesus. Christ Jesus our Lord. And through Jesus we can remember or you can have escape from death. Okay? Just like Samson here. He escaped. Now remember when Jesus asked his disciples, he asked this question. He says, hey, who do you say that I am? Do you guys remember that? It's in the New Testament. Who do you say that I am? Well, Peter responded, great. And he said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said to Peter, you're blessed. My father revealed that to you. You're blessed. And Jesus then went on to say to Peter in Matthew 16, verse 18, and also I say to you that you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Now, depending on your translations, Hades is also referring to hell. So he's saying to Peter, because of your profession, that you are saying that I am the Christ, the son of the living God, I'm telling you upon that profession, I am building my church and the gates of hell are not going to prevail against it. Now, last time I checked, who is the church? You are the church. So Jesus is saying, by the profession of you calling me your Lord and Savior, the gates of hell are not going to hold you back. They're not going to prevail against you. They're not going to hold you into death. You're going to be victorious in Jesus Christ. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, woohoo, man. My heart is pumping because that is so powerful. The gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Jesus is saying, you are the church. And no matter what the enemy tries to do to say, you know, we've got him. And in the morning, we're going to kill him. And guess what? The enemy's saying that about you every single day. We've got him. We're going to kill him or her. But Jesus is saying to you, church, an encouraging word by saying, the gates of hell cannot hold back the victory that I have given to you. Praise God. <laughs> Because you've put your faith and trust in the Jesus Christ and you've accepted the grace of God that he has given you and you are churned and you are full on in love with him, following him in everything that he asks you to do. This is an awesome picture of Samson lifting the gate and putting it on his shoulders and carrying it up to the hill for freedom. He carried the gatepost, guys. Get the picture. He carried a gatepost that represented his freedom and he went up to a hill. What in the world did Jesus do? He carried the cross that was put on his shoulders and he carried it to a hill for your freedom. <laughs> what an awesome picture of what Jesus did on the cross. Satan was saying, I've got Jesus where I want him. He's going to die. But Jesus took the cross and he died, but it didn't stop him. Death couldn't hold him back. Oh, death, where's your sting? 
There is no one because Jesus is greater. Yeah. He took the cross on his shoulders and he set it up there so that you could be free. This gate, this tried to hold Samson back, couldn't hold him back. And sure enough, the gates of hell can't hold you back if you're in Jesus Christ. And you're going to face the attacks. You're going to face temptation. But know that God is not tempting you. Okay? God does not tempt you according to what scripture? James 1, 13. Satan, on the other hand, will tempt you. So it's important that you know this. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. So what is Jesus trying to communicate? The gates of hell are going to tempt you, but you have a way of escape because Jesus Christ has already broken that closed gate and he has given you freedom and he has provided the way out of that temptation. So imagine if Samson was in Gaza and the gate was open, there would still be that wanting to attack him. If they didn't have a city gate, I'm sure that they'd still want to kill the guy. But yet... There's no gate there because he removed it, but he left. And even though the attack was there, there was a way out for him because God provided that way out. He just looked for it. In Samson's case, he had to pick up the gate and go with it. Okay? So, see our exit signs? They're lit up. Why are they lit up? So when it's dark, you still know the way out. And that's exactly what Jesus Christ is doing for you all. But he doesn't make you go through the exit. He loves you so much that he gives you a choice. And so when you're facing those temptations, when you're facing those trials, when you desire to sin because you're still in these fleshly bodies and you're still going to have those desires, and if you say that you don't, okay, I still have those desires. But God knows that. And he says, you know what? I'm going to give you an exit sign, son, daughter. You just need to choose to go through it. Samson chose to go through the exit in a different way. But if it takes you guys getting out of temptation, if that means picking something up and carrying it out so it doesn't tempt you anymore, then do it. Just do it. Even if it seems radical, God's radical. Even if it doesn't make sense. Well, it's not your ways, it's his ways. God loves you. He has given you and me grace. May we not stomp on the grace that has been given to us. May we turn away from our sins that make us weak. Because we all struggle. We all struggle, man. What is it that's holding you back? What do you struggle with? Where are you weak at? May we follow the one who has taken us out of the city of hell to freedom. (laughs) Because guess what? Jesus has busted up those gates, man. He's busted them up. He's blowing them up, man. They're done. They're done. Because God is so good. Amen? Amen? That's awesome. Three verses. Dynamite. Oh, God is so good. There's much more Pastor Eric would like to share with you, but we've run out of time for today. This has been another edition of Grace to the Hearers, the radio ministry of Pastor Eric Kluth of Calvary Chapel Coolidge in Coolidge, Arizona. Pastor Eric will continue teaching verse by verse through the book of Judges next time. 
You can order today's message for free by emailing us at info at gracetothehearers.com. Sometimes it is just easier to call. Our phone number is 520-723-7047. We'll be happy to help you. Again, that number to call is 520-723-7047. You can learn more about Grace to the Hearers, Calvary Chapel Coolidge, and Pastor Eric at our website, gracetothehearers.com. All of Pastor Eric's messages through the Bible are available to listen to or download for free at gracetothehearers.com. Though God doesn't need our money, He most certainly uses our stewardship and faithfulness to accomplish His will. Would you consider giving towards the ongoing expenses of bringing you grace to the hearers on this station? If so, a secure option to give a gift of any amount is available by clicking the Donate button at gracetothehearers.com. That's gracetothehearers.com. Again, to make a secure donation, log on to gracetothehearers.com. From all of the production team here at Grace to the Hearers, we want to say thank you for tuning in and please make plans to join us again for the next edition of Grace to the Hearers. Grace to the Hearers.